Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 146, verses 5 through 10. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Ruth, chapter 1, verses 6 through 18. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, if you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them. And they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will not return to you, with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, and go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they are grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you, or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus, and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1-10 through 10. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you. In them I am trying to arouse your sincere intention by reminding you that you should remember the words spoken in the last by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken through the apostles. First of all, you must understand this, that in the last day scoffers will come, scoffing and indulging their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? 
For ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately ignore this fact, that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago, and an earth was formed out of water and by means of water, through which the world of that time was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the godless. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, and some think of sl- as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Welcome to the 27th day of Martin Tide. This is uh, Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the actual Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. <clears throat> and I still have a throat and sinus and chest thing going on. I think I'm going on a month now. But we did read, um, according to the Advent readings, uh, Psalm 146, Ruth 1, and Second Peter. Um... And Second Peter aligns a little bit with um, uh, this morning's uh, the reading I've I've um, selected from AroundTheYear.org, um, and the the Second Peter one talks about the return of the Lord and um, people who ignore the fact, uh, you know, how creation was made, um, and it, it's I was actually kind of thinking about this the other day. Um, the rainbow symbol and, and we read about Noah and God promises all of creation that he won't uh, do it again and there's some song lyric I can't remember where I heard it from but the, the lyric is basically not by um, not by water but fire next time and revelation and we get a little bit of it in um, in Second Peter and other apocalyptic literature how you know the, the the time is coming when everything's going to get tossed in the fire and you'll either be purified or you'll be burned up as chaff. Maybe not you, but, I mean, writers can be kind of, um, not vague, coy about, you know, the, the fact that we will be wheat or chaff or sheep or goats, um, often speaking in parable. Um, and that's tempting to think that, you know, well, we're going to be the sheep or we're going to be the wheat but not the chaff, not the goats. You know, thank God we're not like this publican here. Um, or Republican. <laughs> um, uh, but that is um, one of the things that's so wonderful about Martin's life um, is that it uh, reminds us, as the gospel does, of the unfairness of the world. That if the world were fair, that we wouldn't have a, a chance. Um, but the good news um, is that we do have a chance. And we can um, be the people that we were made to be by God, by being good, by being there for one another and not uh, uh, kind of withdrawing um, into ourselves or into our own interests or into our own kind of cliques. Um, And it's hard to remember that in times like this when things are so partisan um, at a national scale, certainly, but also 
um, most everywhere you go, it kind of trickles down to, um, you know, even kind of one-on-one interactions with people every now and then, and whether that's family or neighbors. Um, And we're coming up on the high holy season for Christians. And, you know, whether or not that includes Thanksgiving, the Episcopal Church does count it as a major feast, I believe. Maybe not a major feast, but certainly a day of observance. Um, and the the inside joke is that, you know, uh, all these conversations you've got to get into with your racist, sexist, <coughs> homophobic relatives or whatever. And it's tempting to think that they're the problem and not us, that we're the one, that it's not that we have it wrong, but they do. And the self-righteousness can um, uh, be um, also kind of misleading because it makes us think that other people, since they are wrong and since they seem so stubborn, that they cannot be saved or will not be saved and that there's no hope for them and to just write them off. I know I've been on the receiving end of that a lot. It's hopefully a reminder um, to be um, better than that. Um, That isn't to say that you can't or shouldn't be angry with people. I think anger is the proper uh, response to injustice. Um, but to make sure that um, that you never internally, certainly, but also hopefully, ideally, uh, with your outward expressions and behaviors, that you never um, reinforce any idea that they're condemned for good, even if they may be wrong in the moment. And the reading for this morning uh, comes to us from a book by James Stuart Bell, titled Awakening Faith, Daily Devotions from the Early Church. And this was published not too long ago in 2013. And um, Bell, um, it, I, I haven't opened it, but I'm sure it has a number of different devotions. And this is probably one for Martin or his feast day on November 11th. And he says, quote, Now the devil would try to attack St. Martin of Tours with a thousand malicious schemes. In one incident, some of the brothers told how they heard a demon reproaching Martin in abusive terms and interrogating him as to why he had taken certain brothers back into the church. Brothers who had lost their baptism by falling into error but had repented. The demon laid out the crimes of each of them, but Martin, resisting the devil firmly, answered him that past sins are cleansed away by the leading of a better life, and that through the mercy of God those who have given up their evil ways are absolved from their sins." Martin has a number of encounters with the devil. I don't remember this particular one, um, but I, it does make me think of one disciple that I've mentioned before, and that's Bryce. And Bryce is this cantankerous, you know, brother that for some reason has taken up shop with Martin, but just cannot stop being <laughs> being kind of a douchebag. Um, uh, but yet Bryce, like Judas, was never... Um, Expelled, Judas left of his own accord out of shame. Um, Jesus calls him out and he leaves. In the same vein of what I was talking about earlier, um, it's all right to be angry and it's all right to um, uh, express your emotions responsibly as long as you aren't causing harm to someone. Um, And it's true that uh, Martin did take people back into the church who had repented. Um, And he was also very firm and open about when it was that people were not within uh, the bounds of membership of the body of Christ. 
Um, he excommunicated at least two bishops, um, Ithiacus, or Ithacius of, of Spain, who um, was trying to get and successfully got another bishop uh, executed for heresy, and another bishop uh, in Trier, who was also censored by the Pope, uh, Pope Sericius, um, because the Bishop of Trier allowed this secular court to try a Christian and then execute him and five of his followers. Um, and I don't know that Ithacius ever repented. I don't know that the Bishop of Trier ever repented. But I do trust that Martin would have received them back uh, wholeheartedly had they done so. Um, so there's a difference, there's a, a distinction between um, making sure that we are able to name sin and evil and injustice um, but also not assuming that it has the final word um, and to always remain open to uh, the breaking of one's heart uh, so that they might consider um, becoming once again fully a member of the body in Christ, not just by word, but also by um, how they live their life. Um, and what the, what the devil wanted uh, Martin to believe was that once they're out, they're out. And that's not true. Um, it's important to name when people are acting in ways that are outside the church, but it's also important to keep our arms open and welcome them back in um, the moment that they uh, find the, the compassion, the courage, the humility to um, once again not just say they're a member of our body, but also act in ways uh, that are reminiscent of it. And so the image I've chosen today is uh, another embroidery um, from, I can't remember which collection it was from, but in it, um, you can actually see Martin on the left and you can tell because he's got the halo. And he's, it looks like a bag, but I think it's his elbow. He's got this red hat with a blue cloak. And what's happening is there is a, uh, a band of robbers or brigands it's typically referred to as the, the, the band of brigands and different um, artistic expressions. And you can see that one man is drawing a sword. There's an axe in the background. One guy's got a helmet. Another one looks like he's got some kind of spear. And in Severus's biography of Martin, he's attacked by robbers and he's beaten. Everything is taken from him and he doesn't defend himself and he takes it as, um, as um, penance for his past life. <clears throat> for taking so long to be baptized. Um, and when he arrives at his destination, he's mistaken for somebody who's homeless um, because he's so, you know, he's covered in blood and he's wearing uh, next to nothing because everything's been taken from him. Um, but Martin doesn't fight back. Um, and we don't know what comes of the brigands, but I do uh, trust, just as he would have the bishops who had acted so egregiously and having a colleague of theirs executed by the state that had the brigands repented, he would have welcomed them back and been the first to baptize them. Um, in fact, it was what he did as, as an itinerant exorcist at the time. Uh, and so this would have appeared on uh, a liturgical vestment, a chasuble. Um, and it's one of the lesser known instances in, in America and the English speaking world. But it's one that was really important and appears frequently throughout European art um, because um, in the feudal societies, you know, robbers um, often did so just to make ends meet. You know, you're stealing bread because you're hungry. Um, and Martin was keenly aware of that, and he was always 
um, well prepared to welcome someone back into the church and back into um, his own good graces um, as soon as they turned from their ways and began living the, the lives that God uh, laid out for them. Prayer for our enemies from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth. Deliver them and us from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. And in your good time, enable us all to stand reconciled before you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.